Yo, yo, yo. Yo, what's up, dude? It's another week. Yeah. Moving fast. Moving fast in the world. Yeah, it's actually not that long that we spoke last, yeah. but we're trying to get back to regular rhythm, and it's actually quite nice to have this uh, little bit shorter check-in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually, ever since we switched to the 30 minute one, I have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Although I also feel there's still so much that we don't really get into either in the podcast or uh, kind of in the pre or post conversations that we have. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a trade-off. Did you do anything interesting for a project in the last few days that you want to share? I have just been looking a lot into game engines, to be honest. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've just been doing that and also... I have been checking out uh, in the Odin project. I have two uh, two people in there who are pretty big on games as well, and uh, and I've been checking out their games and actually been getting really exciting uh, excited about game development because of them. Nice, yeah. It's uh, it's really cool what you can come up with, and they have like. Both of them were shared like the the uh, their their game and they're relatively relatively short. They're like uh, 10, 20 minutes to 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 beat, mm-hmm. so they're like super short games. But it's it's really cool. So I've been looking into into that and uh, just trying to see what makes sense. Ha <laughs> uh, yeah, and another thing too. Um, <laughs> also also um, bought, bought a. Uh, uh Udemy Rust course as well. And I'm like Oh nice. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm not gonna start this right now. Why am I like this? <laughs> yeah, that is always a question. I don't know. I have I think four Udemy courses that I have not even started yet, but that sounded interesting at the time of buying. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. my my guess is that I mean there's obviously some some lower level complexities within the the language yeah. that uh, like concept wise that I probably need to learn. So I went through that um, really amazing course from uh, Pragmatic Studios that I told you about with Elixir where they built mm-hmm. the, a kind of like a mini server yeah. in, in Elixir. And then just based off that, you were able to learn so many concepts that are like yeah. very Erlang Elixir specific. So I didn't want to go because all the courses in Udemy are mainly like, you know, starting with data structures and the things that you already know, which don't really vary that much. So I'm never interested in those. That's why I hardly even looked at Udemy anymore, to be honest. The only times I look for Udemy courses is for some sort of framework, uh, not not actually programming languages. Uh, But this course had also the uh, like learn by doing type of thing where he doesn't just... The guy doesn't straight up go just from the beginning stages of the language. He actually just starts explaining to you as he goes. And the thing that he built is a small server as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, this is perfect. So I I bought it. Hopefully, yeah. Like highlights the differences to or the course that you just did. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was really awesome too. I'm like, uh, because I'm going to be able to see the differences and approaches and seeing. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah because i am really interested in rust i just didn't want to dive into something else but i mean yeah it is quite nice 
I myself I read the so I can highly recommend the Rust book. Yeah, I've I, I mentioned just linked somewhere on the website. I mentioned the the Udemy course to some people, and everybody linked me to the Rust book. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like that is such a good overview of the language. And then the Rust Conf videos just got released, mm-hmm. and like they're not really helpful for you if you want to learn a language, but. One of the videos was really interesting. It was by one of the um, people who designs the language and works on the compiler, I think. And he said something that really uh, stuck with me where he said that one of the problems they're having is that if you're a novice programmer, learning Rust might actually be easier as if you have experience with other languages. Really? Why? Because you have to very consciously unlearn certain things. So he said one of the problems they're seeing is that people who already know how to code, they look at a little bit of documentation to like get the syntax and then they start coding in Rust. And they immediately go to the same level of complexity they're used to in their own programming languages without having understood the concepts of Rust that would be required to really work at that level yet. And this is where like a lot of the fighting with the borrow checker comes in where you have people who try to do things they can do in other languages in rust that doesn't really allow it due to its um yeah memory safety mechanisms yeah and if you have no experience with another language it's very easy to just work through rust and like start easy and like learn all these concepts and it feels reasonable to you but if you have always worked with like dynamic languages that have a garbage collector and you're suddenly thrown into rust that is strongly typed and has like its very unique concept to handle memory it can be really confusing Hmm. especially if you don't take the time to like learn about these concepts before like jumping into the deep end and try to build your own i don't know async library or something yeah so that was quite interesting to me. And it's, it's a little bit of a warning I want to give you. No, that's really, that, yeah. Yeah, good, good you said that because I probably would meet me as well. I'll probably go through the documentation just to learn the syntax and be like, all right, I'm good. I'm good to go. Let's go. Oh, this is a concept that I've seen before. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. It is a lo- uh, interesting language. And yeah, I really enjoy using it, but it definitely has an interesting learning curve. One that is not as bad as the internet says it is, but it has a kind of learning curve. Yeah, I uh, I was looking into the kind of creator for whatever reason. I, I got curious about mm-hmm. that. And apparently the freaking guy has like amazing track records on building compilers. I can very well see that. So yeah. he, he worked on the obviously Rust compiler and the, he's the creator, like the, one of the main designers of the language. And then he kind of burned out a little bit. And also for like personal and family reasons, he left the project, I think in mm. 2015 or something like that. Uh, and then went to work for Stellar into, you know, Stellar is the, uh, like the cryptocurrency, the decentralized cryptocurrency. Mm. And he, he went to work to kind of maximize and improve the performance of transactions. Interesting. Yeah, and then after that, he gets a call from Apple to build the Swift compiler or something like that. 
to like and and he did so yeah. he's just it's it's ridiculous yeah i think eventually hopefully you find your niche and then you become like the expert but yeah yeah it's always nice to see when people actually have their specialty and yeah, like their exactly. field of expertise exactly yeah yeah all right we should probably talk about that uh text that you that you sent me a little while ago kind of talking about the the game for programmers project yeah yeah like we so a few days ago we talked a little bit about kind of shape up and how we might want to adopt this for this project and i then spent the last few days kind of thinking about the first kind of cycle that we might want to do and like what topic or what um what goal we want to set for ourselves and we're setting out to build like this crazily ambitious game that we picture as it's like video game for programmers set in like a persistent massive multiplayer online universe where you upload the code and it runs in the cloud and you can like lock into the game and see everything that has happened since essentially the last time you looked in and if you say like that i'm out (laughs) your code exactly exactly your code can like interact with other players and we set up like a very simple like prototype tech demo kind of thing to play with a few of the core technologies and that was pretty nice but since then i've been thinking about how does this relate to kind of this grand vision that we have and how do the next steps look to kind of get essentially to like a playable game that we can slowly start to like fill with life like how can we start creating a universe and like slowly fill in like the most efficient way since we're like two people we don't have crazy we don't have like a crazy runway to just we're not star citizen. We can't just hire 250 people and then not release a game for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretend we're working on it. So we're having some limitations there. And I got a little bit freaked out, to be honest, by like the complexities of building a massive multiplayer online game. You freaked me out with that uh, text from yesterday where you're like, I think 80% of our time will be spent on research. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, dude, but this is actually... Yeah, this is also true. So, but this is a different problem yeah. that I think hits you harder than it hits me. But yeah, true. But no, I think like on the technical. So, and it is actually it's a very good remark because we have two different like highly complex problems in front of us. One is a technical, and one is like the game design. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think for a good game design, so this is the this is the message I sent you where I said, "Hey, I think eighty percent of our time will just be research. We will just not write that much code anyway." I'm like, no. Since I also remember, like, I remember from the last uh, episode, you mentioning that you really, like, hate to lose interest and motivation. You want to see, like, progress and code. And Yeah. If I look back on my last few days, I've not, I never even came close to my editor. I was just reading up on stuff. So I think this is, like, really the game design problem. If you want to make a game that is, like, realistic and ideally, like, complex and has some depth. There are like so many things that I feel like we have to learn about to really be able to implement them well. And this could just be like the different types of soil you have on like Mars and physics of like whatever. Yeah. There 
so many things that we don't know yet that we probably need that this is just one fear that we will spend on the game design alone we will spend a lot of time just doing research and like coming up with these mechanics these designs um don't get me started on tech trees and there will be like a lot of experimentation and refactoring and like learning and then we have the technical side where we set out with this like crazily ambitious goal that i think could be i'm not sure if the recommendation in other domains was like to never start your own social networks and it's just crazily complex and Mm -hmm. i feel like we're setting out with like exactly the same like what is the most complex version of a video game that you can build and i tried to kind of think about a way how we can break that complexity down and like start with something that is much easier to achieve and kind of gets us going builds momentum ideally allows us to publish something as like a prototype or like an alpha version early access whatever you want to call it to kind of start testing this ideally with like real players and like build a community gather feedback and like slowly build us up and then once we have a better understanding of some of the technical components like there's so many layers that we have to individually like learn about and figure out mm-hmm. from like the game engine to storage to networking um, there's a whole like infrastructure component that if we can start for example like figuring out how the game engine works in a single player setting without any like networking and without running it on the server we might already uh, get some clarity on how the next step could look like yeah that's true so if this is how the game engine works how would we add multiplayer and then maybe in the beginning yeah you only have like local area network multiplayer since we're too cheap to set up a server but we learn about how to like write the network code and how this would work and then we can figure out how can we actually run the the game engine on the server somewhere and kind of slowly tackle layer by layer without setting out to like answer all the questions at once and i think this is where yeah i've been kind of going back and forth a little bit and like especially in the weekend was a little bit freaked out since i'm trying to kind of come up with the vision for the next like let's say three weeks if we take like this week to shape and then we want to implement for three weeks like throughout the rest of september essentially like what is it that we actually want to build and trying to figure out what the next step is was just overwhelming because i was looking at like all of these layers that we have no idea yet how they should look and i think in that moment i was uh, trying to figure out to break it down and was considering kind of throwing away a lot of the things that we discussed or we thought we might do Mm -hmm. but then after spending today reflecting on this a little bit i honestly also think that that wouldn't actually solve the problems that we have Okay. So to summarize, I think we should focus on something that allows us to kind of go to market pretty quickly with an, with an idea, with a prototype that probably in the beginning has only single player, runs locally, has one game mechanic or two um, to just kind of prove a point. And then we can use that as a foundation to like slowly build this out. Yeah. I mean, we will still have to think out the gameplay as well, right? Because like you said, from the very start, that's probably yeah. one of the most crucial things here. It needs to be yeah, engaging. Yeah, I think there's... 
ideally there's like a middle ground where we can build out things that we know we need anyway while thinking about kind of more complex problems and then by having something that's playable we also can experiment with a lot of the mechanics without necessarily having to kind of design them in too much depth up front because we can pretty quickly like get a feel for how they actually yeah how they feel when you use them in the game and i think there's like especially for the like let's say <laughs> initial release version zero there's what we discussed a little bit before um, in other conversations essentially this vision to just build a map and you can move a unit around and that's kind of it mm -hmm. uh, and then from there we can kind of think about things we want to add to this experience like when you have like your let's say you have your headquarters on the map what is actually the first thing as a user that you would want to do like probably try to control a unit or build a unit or like whatever we come up with so yeah but i think once we have that it's much easier to ask these questions and then figure out like what is the what the next step should be yeah and then i think where <laughs> where my message to you comes in a little bit is like thinking about this vision where we first start building essentially a single player game i was wondering if it does make sense to like really focus on that and say we build something that's like intentionally just single player for like version one of the game and we package it in a way that reflects how like traditional games are packaged so mm -hmm. maybe actually not use react for the front end but actually build this out in a game engine uh with sprite sheets and like some 2d engine essentially oh, i forgot my point what do you think about that though do, do you think that's that's a much better approach right now because i'm with you definitely i think that that having something I, I even think you can make something fun just like a single player something that can actually be fun you can take this a little further than just prototyping and kind yeah. of have this as a um like you like you said too with um having you wouldn't have to throw all that away because you can have single player and then build out the whole multiplayer as a like a, a, a as a separate option you know like most yeah. games. Yeah, there are like two two thoughts I had around this. One is an opportunity and one is a fear. The opportunity would be that we could build out a first game with single player packaged up nicely in a way that like runs nicely locally. And since we're working or since we're building something for developers, they can probably connect to this game fairly easily from their local dev environment. And we actually like released this as its own game. And this is like me being like very hopeful and optimistic, but maybe this is something that could already start financing us to like work, like commit more time to building out the more ambitious vision for like version two that is then mostly focused on multiplayer. The fear with this is that like designing a single player game is distinctly different from designing a multiplayer game where a lot of mechanics that might work in single player might fail if deployed in a multiplayer game and what is interesting and or yeah what works in a multiplayer game might not work in a single player game for example because you don't actually interact with other players you're just alone on a map so if a lot of game mechanics are focused on the interaction between players it just doesn't work in a single player game that's kind of the fear. 
So what I was thinking is that you could also have some of the mechanics from single player and then build not something completely different, but have just adapted to multiplayer where it won't be the same, yeah. which is which would essentially be like building two completely different games. But you you would uh you would kind of remove that fear. And then anyways, it would be something fun to build. Um uh, yeah. from from the single player if it becomes like you know so, somewhat successful then you would feel good about doing that and then you would probably put a little more motivation into the multiplayer yeah cuz that's often time what a lot of games are anyways you know what i mean like um so the game that comes to mind right now is just grand theft auto how they made that um yeah. multiplayer and the mo- like it just has different mechanics as well when you go online yeah. when it, the online got introduced than the actual um than the actual single player one yeah yeah i think they're like good examples for like games where this worked well and games where this kind of failed miserably where just the balancing and multiplayer for example doesn't work or where it's just a completely different feel but I think this is a bridge we can cross when we get there. And it might also be that when we start working on this, we actually notice that while like working on our, in quotation marks, like single player game, that we quickly notice that it wouldn't actually be that complicated to add multiplayer. And we start to kind of build this out as well in the background. Like that could very well happen as well. Uh, it could also be that we can actually like sell this as like an early access somewhere. And we notice quickly that we generate enough revenue to really dedicate more efforts to this. And then it might actually become feasible to like invest the time to really build out multiplayer, which given its complexities is a little bit hard to do if we just do it nights and weekends. So I think there are a lot of unknowns. The biggest question for me, and that there's still, there are a lot of unknowns. The thing that I kind of struggle with a little bit is that for the backend portion of the game, we actually don't. So for the actual, like, yeah, for the core of the game, I don't think we necessarily need a game engine since we don't really have a lot of the mecha- or like a lot of the features that you would require or where game engine would be interesting because it implements like rendering for you and sound management and inputs and maybe networking. Like these are features that like purely looking at like the yeah, the back end of the game, we don't necessarily need. That's what I was. It's essentially just a, a, a thread or a process that runs. That's what I was going to ask with uh, with the fact that I I'm not sure if if game engine a game engine in the back end would work for us because of the kind of style game we want to implement, which is based on just yeah. code. You know, like manipulating it based on code. I'm not sure how yeah. how flexible a game engine would be with that kind of nature yeah uh, i could very well imagine so i've been doing some research into game engines and uh in particular amethyst in written on rust mm-hmm. and i could very well imagine that we copy a lot of its kind of concepts or yeah libraries that make up the game engine because we still have a very similar like core loop um we just don't care about like the rendering 
But then we have the front end of the game, like the the game client, so to speak, especially if we like think long term with like having it run in the cloud, you have like the game client that users interact with and where they kind of observe the game visually. And this might still be like a good thing to build in a game engine. Since, yeah, there you actually need to render something and you might want to play sounds in the background. And yeah. This might like ironically turn out into something that's actually like would benefit from using an engine. Although if we look at Screeps again, what yeah, the game that's kind of a little bit of an inspiration for what we're doing, it there they got away with just building this out in JavaScript. So I think both are viable options. Mm-hmm. And like I see a small risk that we are overthinking this in the end, <laughs> that we're like spending weeks discussing options that are both fine in the end as long as we get started with like any of them yeah and i think this brings us all to like now that we're like towards the end of the episode slowly um to like the big question like what we want to kind of focus on especially like for this first iteration that we want to do and kind of just looking at the calendar let's say like what do we actually want to build in september and at the end of september what kind of milestone do we want to achieve and I think like very early on, we discussed this idea of like focusing on like a map and a grid or mostly on the grid, not so much on the map that we introduce like the basic building blocks of the game. Mm-hmm. Like the, let's say like the little bit the board on which units can move and you would place buildings and like interact with the game. Uh, the other thing that we discussed a little bit was focusing a little bit more on like the event generation and interacting with the game engine through code for the first iteration and not focusing so much on especially like visual aspects but just trying to figure out like the the core loop that the game engine has to run and I think both are valuable options um, and then I think there's like a third opportunity where we focus a little bit more on like documentation and setting up the project but that will not really get the game further Uh, my gut feeling is that we should do those kind of uh sequentially maybe i feel like it's it's in my gut i think that for sanity's purposes and enjoyment purposes i think it should be grid and manipulation of units and then we go to yeah. the um to the event uh events generation yeah and then the documentation or do like grid moving units documentation events documentation yeah the fear that i have with the grid is that the grid will already require us to invest a lot of time in the back end to figure out how to model what in the end will become units and events but i think it's i i think that it's uh it, it's going to regardless of anything it's going to be time well spent and something that we'll be able to, oh, yeah, to utilize i'm not doubting yeah that. to be able to utilize i so. the, the only fear that i see is that we have to do a lot of work up front for the grid that we would also have to do for the events so that building the grid essentially means we're tackling like two different problems at once. I just think it's a great foundation though. That is true. We can, so what I would suggest is that we spend some time to like think about what 
does building the grid actually mean? Like, yeah, I agree. What is the deliverable that we want to have? Is this realistic to build? Or like <laughs> going again from like the fixed time, like what do we think can we actually deliver in like three weeks of implementation time? Uh, and then when this becomes a little bit clearer, I think then it's also easier to discuss. Yeah, if it's realistic or not, or how we can split the work. I'm also not sure. I'm not sure how the moving of units is going to work either. And the more I think about it, the m less a hexagon grid makes sense, but more a square grid makes sense to me. Oh no, never. No, but listen, like to be able to move these units, how how would you code that? Like how how does that look? Does it look like move? I don't know, like this many blocks northeast, northwest yeah. for so, for, for a, a hexagon. Instead, like it'll yeah. be a lot simpler to do it with with a square grid because then you can just say like up this many blocks, left this many blocks. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you can do the same with uh, hexagonal, like with a hexagon grid as well. Um, you just have six different directions to which you can go, but you can give the same direction. You can say like, I want to go six blocks in like a 60 degree angle and then four blocks in like, um, uh, what other 120 degree angle. I think this is a whole new discussion, but yeah, yeah, I think that exactly. Yeah. And I want to, I want to like say from the beginning, if we say we build out a grid in the first cycle, we just build a grid. There will be no unit on the grid whatsoever. I'm 100% good with that. I think the grid is where because we should go. Yeah, because like just looking and we can like go deeper into this in the next episode, but looking at how game engines or like how you deal with data and or units and these kind of things in game engines really is like, yeah, it, it's like a new paradigm that we have to, I think, figure out. There's like this, just to drop the name, there's like the entity component system, which is pretty much the standard for games and how to deal or how to represent data in the game. And this is where I'm a little bit afraid that like figuring this out is already something that will take quite a lot of time when building the grid. But yeah, getting this set up to work with like units and these kind of things, I think will be its own cycle. I'm not the betting kind, but I'm putting all my chips in uh, grid. Yeah. The only thing that I want to mention before we kind of cut because we're running out of time is that um, with like the, let's what we call the like documentation part. Mm -hmm. I think it would be really nice to be able to have some infrastructure in place, like maybe a website or like a blog to actually post about the first iteration when we're done. Mm -hmm. This is kind of my only thing that I would still, maybe we can like do this offline and like out of the, the shaping process that we'd like figure out how to like quickly spin up a blog or something, or yeah. like some public presence where we can start like documenting our process in a more structured long form way than we're doing right now with like short podcast episodes yeah i agree maybe we can also start streaming these things like oh, dude i have so many ideas but um let's discuss all of them until next time and then give an update in the next episode yeah i'll work on my camera shyness bro yeah me too <laughs> yeah oh dude don't give me we're cutting here this will take us way deep into a rabbit hole if we don't stop now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, I think good progress. We have, I think, a rough idea what we want to work on during this week. And then next week, we can give an update on our first shaped bets. And then we start an iteration, I think, in a week. I like that. That sounds good.
Cool. Awesome. All right. Then let's do a lot of uh, async com this week and talk next week. Best thing. All right. Peace, dude. Bye-bye.